2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 4, Season 2 of the Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. It was another great round of footy, Richie, but uh, after ending last week's show, Confident our Picks, we had a shocker.
3: We did a bit, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> they started poorly. They got a bit more accurate as, as the weekend went on. But it was a good weekend of footy
2: and some talking points to come out of it. Definitely. Uh, now, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch the show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. So tonight, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, a review of the round two matches and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some of your questions. Then we'll preview the round three clashes and make our picks. And then we'll end the night with some Super League news. So just tune in get your rugby league news and remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. So let's get into the top news stories. Uh, Rich, uh, first one I've got yeah. is the um, potential for a trans Tasman bubble to open in mid April. Do you think that means the Warriors could potentially play some football in New Zealand soil this year?
3: Yes. I'm, I'm going to be half glass full on this one. So, um, I'm going to urge all the all the Warriors fans to get out and pack Mount Smart. Get ready to pack out Mount Smart. The team deserves it when they
2: when they return home. Definitely, I think the biggest concern I think for the Warriors in the NRL will be that if this does open up and they have some teams here, and then something happens and it all gets shut down, you could potentially have two teams stuck in New Zealand. So, I think they yep. they it won't be. If it does open up in April, I think they probably will still stay till June and just give it give it a couple of months to, to settle in, and then hopefully that means June they could come back and have a game at Mount Smart. And I, I think it's going to pack out. Um, I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't be near sellout for the first game in, since August 2019. Mm, for sure. So uh, next up on our news... Um, had this come out a bit earlier, it probably would have affected our picks last week. But Jason Tamalolo is out for a month after breaking his hand at training. Um as soon as I heard this news, um, I knew the Cowboys weren't gonna win. And unfortunately I had picked them. So it was it wasn't good for me. What were your thoughts on him going out with a broken hand?
3: Yeah, I picked them too. Um this is <laughs> this is about the last thing they need too, isn't it? Um it's a big blow for them, their best player pretty much, and and they've already had a tough couple of opening rounds. So, yeah, it's not looking good for the Cowboys with that news, but, you know, hopefully they can tough it out for
2: them. Yeah, big big task ahead for them for the next month, that's for sure. So um, the next news we've got is um, Warriors-related. The Warriors have signed Broncos youngster Reese Walsh on a three-year deal. Um, from what I've seen, he's looks like a very exciting and talented fullback. Um, can't really believe that the Broncos let him go.
3: Yep. The, uh, is it the Gus Gould effect? I don't know. I hear he whined <laughs> and dined him a little bit. Um, and I hear he might be seeking a release uh, early too to come here this year, potentially. Um, that, and, yeah, potentially if there's a player swap on the table, maybe.
2: Yeah, I've heard that, that um, he would like to get out early and um, the Broncos are only really going to agree to it if they can get a player in return. So um, we'll just he have was, to keep um, an eye on that. He was awesome on the weekend
3: too. Did you see the highlights? I think he got a couple of tries and kicked kicked a few goals.
2: Yeah, I think he was six from seven with the goals and he got two tries. So um, he looks very talented. I haven't seen a lot on him in the highlight reels on his defense, but he definitely is um, doing quite well attack-wise. So I think he'd be great. And I think bringing him in early... Um, could be quite beneficial for him to have um, a bit of one-on-one time with Roger. Yeah. Uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on that and um, notify you guys as soon as we hear any news on it. Um, more Warriors news, though. Chanel Harris-Tavita is set to be sidelined for up to 12 weeks due to a stress factor in his foot. He had surgery yesterday and um, has come through that okay, but it's a big blow for the Warriors, especially already losing Aitken, in the centres to lose to Vita as well.
3: Yeah, it is, isn't it? I think he's the kind of player too that relishes having consistent game time. Um, I think he would have only got better. I know he was carrying a quad niggle and, and a couple of little niggles. So, yeah, tough for Chanel, but now O'Sullivan gets a chance. Hopefully he can show his worth.
2: I see Gavin Gould's put a comment on um, talking about the Warriors looking at James S, which I assume is James Seguiaro, Seguiaro. Um former former Cowboys and Sharks player. Any truth to the rumor? I haven't heard any noise on it. I, originally, I heard that they weren't that interested. But I think with the injuries and stuff now, they, they could potentially be looking at him. Um, I'm sure they could get him at a, a bargain price right now. And uh, he's a very talented player.
3: Yeah, I hope, that would be kind of cool if, if, if he were to come here, if he were to uh, leave his baggage across the ditch. I know he's carried a little bit of baggage in the past, but he's a, he's an awesome little player. I wouldn't be too upset with that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of baggage, uh, the next bit of news was uh, Bronson Cherry now officially been suspended by the NRL Anti-Doping Tribunal for four years after being found guilty for taking testosterone in 2019 we covered it last year when he originally failed and then they went and took um, his second sample and that's come back um, positive as well. So um, very interesting, very talented young player, but I don't know if he'll come back from this four years is a long time. Yeah, I think with, in his case, he's kind of lucky.
3: He's got time on his side. He's only still very young man, um, but You know, he's he's made a mistake, obviously, and he's got a he's made his bed, he's gotta sleep
2: in it. Definitely. Um more more naughty boy corner. We got the round two charges um from from last week with some bad plays from um Felisi Kafusi. He's got two weeks for an elbow. Um I thought he probably deserved a bit more. Um, it, it wasn't very good. Um, Dele um, watanese uh got two matches for a high tackle, which we're going to cover in a couple of minutes in um, the Panthers-Bulldogs game. Uh, two, I think, might be okay with that one. It was accidental. It was It was reckless, but wasn't on purpose. Um, there's a few more too, isn't there, Rich?
3: Yeah, we had a couple of crushes over the weekend from Crossland with two matches and, Tanoa Brown from the Warriors game got three and then we had felt from the Dragons against the um, against the Cowboys or against the felt for the Cowboys against the Dragons he put um, a dangerous throw on, on Jack Bird I think he did it a couple of times but it was only penalised once um, I think most of them are fair I think it's just the, the Kalfusi one and, and Tanoa Brown Kalfusi definitely I think Looked to look like he sort of dropped the elbow with a bit of force, and and obviously knocked him out. You'd think a bit a bit more for for what he did, and uh, Tanoa Brown looked a bit uh, like he was uh, dealt with a bit harshly. I don't think it looked too much. What do
2: yeah, you think? Yeah, I think his. Yeah, I thought it was a bit harsh, but it's um, due to the loading that he had from previous yeah. charges. Um, I think if he hadn't had previous charges, he might have got away with a week, uh, Gavin Gould disagrees with me about the the cleary hit um yeah i think there's definitely arguments on both sides um the fact that nathan cleary um went off um and is as we're going to cover in a little bit he's not going to be playing this week um it's definitely a huge loss to the panthers so you could argue that um dylan could have got more um but yeah, I think it's just more to Dallin's kind of clean record I think has probably yeah. helped him there. I think you're right. And um, some signing news. We've got uh, Mike Ocevo after having a great round that we're going to discuss shortly uh, against the Storm. He's signed on for another two years at the club. What are your thoughts on it, Rich? Yeah,
3: the um, the king of Bank Bankwest. He um, Ills fans will be happy. He, he brings a lot of strike to their left side, so they'll be happy to get him tied up. They wouldn't have wanted to to lose him.
2: Yeah, I just don't see him wearing another jersey that isn't an Eels one. I think it was always going to happen that he was going to stick around. So it's great to see that he didn't get poached by another team. Um, I think there's a lot of high-quality wingers out there, but I'm sure if he came out onto the market, someone would have picked him up. Potentially, um, Melbourne Storm might have looked at him to come in and replace George Jennings. Um, especially with Addo Carr leaving, so uh, it's great news to hear that Eels have wrapped them up early. Yeah. Um, we just covered it about Nathan Cleary, but Nathan Cleary and Ryan Pappenhausen have been rolled out of the grand final rematch this week, clearly due to that high shot, and um, Pappenhausen's being rested due to a neck complaint. Um, kind of takes a bit of the sting off the grand final rematch, doesn't it?
3: A wee bit, yeah. You, In these kind of games, you kind of want each team's Best lineup facing off, but being a contact sport, you know, these things will happen. So, yeah, this, the, that news had me to and, and fro between my tip for that game this week. So, yeah, it's a bummer, but yeah, I think it, it'll still be a good game. I think,
2: yeah, there's still both sides have still got heaps of talent. So, it'll still be yeah. exciting. But, um, I think Pappenhausen's been playing really well. Nathan Cleary's one of the best, um, halfbacks out there right now so it would have been great to see them go against each other but I'm pretty sure we're going to see it once it gets the finals football anyway and um yeah last bit of news just to end on a positive note um Warriors players Adam Fenor Blake and Ben Murdoch Masilla were seen helping an elderly lady um changing her tire in the rain on their way to training so um, really good to see the Warriors play stepping up in their foster hometown. Um, I was talking with some people today saying that um, um, it's great to see they're very helpful, but being a former prop, I know we kind of look at anything to get out of training for a little bit. So um, I'm not sure. <laughs> don't want to say they didn't do it um, out of the goodness of their heart, but I'm sure um, missing the beginning of training might've been a little bit tempting too.
3: No, this is cool Brad. Don't take the shine
2: off it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I thought that was cool. Um, you know, I hope I hope Nathan Brown doesn't give them too many laps for that for turning mean, that late. <laughs> yeah, that's nice
0: story. I mean, Brad, it only takes 3 hours to change it, to change a tire, doesn't it? I mean, it's, uh, they, yeah. they, weren't, they, were, they weren't that late,
2: I'd still be changing it now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no. It's um it's great to see in especially being in Australia and being in that community, the fact that they're out there doing things like that is only going to help um, win them new fans and um, hopefully get some more people to come watch them. Um, you've, I've seen bits and pieces from other players out and about um, going to cafes and stuff and trying to give back to the community for supporting them. So, um, yeah, hopefully we hear some more good stories um, that counter the bad naughty boys that we keep getting. Yep. All right, so let's get into um, our round two review. We had first up on Thursday, we had the Eels defeating the Storm 16-12. to Uh, It was the first of many wet weather games that um, plagued this round, and um, I think it was a grand final-worthy clash. It was really competitive. Um, The result was surprising. I I didn't think the Eels would have what it took, but um, I think it came down to their halves. They were just putting on a clinic. I think the moment they saw... um, Sevo had it up and over on George Jennings. That's what they decided to do. And um, George, I've talked a lot about how much I like the guy after what he did for the Warriors last year, but he just had a shocking night. Hmm.
3: Yeah, it was this game was just fun, eh? It was old school wet weather footy, and and I don't know if the weather was a bit of an equaliser because I had the storm tipped, but I think this this game just. Uh, Was the Eels a little bit putting their hand up and saying, don't forget about us. We're, you know, we're in the fight this year. Um, But, yeah, it was cool. Um, And just big defensive plays from from Guthson at the back just typified what got them over the line.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think he made, on his own, he made about four try-saving tackles. Um, So the Eels were definitely um, um, stepping up their, their defense against a very good team. Um, I think one thing, I, I got a bit of flack about it in an article I wrote, but I, I said this game here might have been the first indication of the struggles the Storm might have with our, um, our regular feature, Cameron Smith, being gone. Um, it didn't change the game as such, but he has such a way of just taking hold of a game, I guess you could say, and wrestling – the opposition, um, pun intended, out of the game, and um, they were just kind of missing that. Um, you saw, like, once it got into that tough tussle, they looked a bit unsure on what to do. It's something that someone's going to step up and take that um, kind of role for them. But he's such an experienced player. I think this was the first time you looked at them and went, okay, they are actually missing him a little bit. Doesn't mean that they're they're going to fall off the the wagon, but um, definitely showed that there is a little bit of weakness here.
3: Yeah, I think those those arm wrestle games are the games where you'll notice Cam Smith not being there.
2: Definitely. Um so yeah, it was our first game we got wrong in our picks. So that was always a great start. Uh the second game on Friday um didn't do us any better. It was our second our second one we got wrong with the Knights defeating the Warriors twenty to sixteen. Um getting the win in the last moments uh unfortunately i think the warriors be scratching their heads at how they let this game slip they were behind um early on and then in the second half they got themselves ahead looked like it was theirs for the taking and then bradman best um just opened the game uh peter hick who's, i think still trying to find the tackle that he, he was meant to make and um yeah broke hearts Brad definitely broke hearts in my house
3: yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been through a few of those in the past. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it played out a little bit how we how we previewed it last week. I mean, a grind of a game, really tough to tip the result, and I think the packs did a lot to to um, counter each other, and it was I think the knights just took uh, their chances a bit better, and that was the
2: difference definitely and um adam Fanor blake went off early in the first half with a calf injury um did come back in the second half and even with those limited minutes he still managed to finish the game on 143 meters um i think personally for the warriors i think they looked a little bit flat in the first half but the the bounce back in the second half they they played um a lot more up tempo which was a, a positive sign out of a loss to see that they can be behind on the scoreboard and get themselves back into a game it's just that that little bit extra they need to um if they get the lead to keep the lead um what happens this week will be interesting we'll cover that when we preview it but without chanel um and aiken in the defensive line um could be tough and for the knights i think the knights um I picked the Knights as a team that were going to drop out of the eight, and they—they've proven me wrong so far. Um, two and zero, they're looking good. They've got a great forward pack. Um, Mitchell Pierce is doing well, and they're going to get Kalen Ponga back in a couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, it bodes well for them. Eh? They, I, I was kind of like you. I was not picking them to be threatening the top four or anything, but um, they look decent so far. They do, um, and once Ponga's back. They're, you know, they'll upset a few teams.
2: Definitely. And, um, the next game on Friday was the, the Titans defeating the Broncos 28 to 16. Um, David Fafida kind of came back to haunt his former club. He scored two tries and was consistently attracting several defenders. Um, whenever he had the ball in hand, he was just a monster. We talked about it in the game when the Warriors played the Titans, that he was a bit quiet and, um, yeah, I think I think he kind of he he's stepping up now and showing how dangerous he can be for the Titans and how good they can look. Um we've got to put a, a bit of an asterisk next to it cuz it was against the Broncos who are now on their th- a 13 game losing streak. Um but yeah, I think the Titans are looking a lot better now than they were last week. Yeah, that showed big improvement
3: on the previous week against against us. That's for sure. Fafita looked like a weapon out on that left edge. Uh, he was breaking all sorts of tackles and got a couple of nice tries. Um, the Broncos, yeah, what do you say? It looks like they're putting in better effort, and, and TJP was was in for a big game, and he looked like he was hunting Fafita a lot of the night, and especially in the second half, was coming out trying to put shots on him, and, and he wound up with a try himself, but... They, they have those periods where they fall to sleep and, and I think the Titans scored three tries and three back-to-back sets and then that was pretty much game, set, match.
2: Definitely. I think the only positive um, you can get from being a Broncos fan was they are putting the effort in and the fact that they actually scored two tries towards the end of the match to make the, the score a bit more flattering. Um, we've been talking on this show it seems like forever that the the Broncos are just a first half team and they fall away. So it's showing that maybe they're they're trying to get a bit back in that second half. But I just don't know. I don't know when they're going to get um, their first win. It could be this week, maybe, or it could be weeks away.
3: This weekend, maybe. Yeah, I oh, know <laughs> they play the the Bulldogs, so they will be licking their lips at that one.
0: So is this is Broncos' problem with their bench? In fact, when when they rotate players. They, they, they just don't have the strength and depth there, so hence they take a couple of players off and suddenly they'll give up some tries, bringing those players back on. they they're stepping up again. Is it part of that rotation? or, 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 or I think or, it's or a
2: it? problem with their 17.
0: Well, <laughs> I, don't,
3: I, don't, I don't see their bench being too bad. I mean, they bring on big bodies like Flegler and, and, and some decent guys. I think it might be just a mental thing because they just lapse in periods and, and people like Milford start falling off tackles. And I talked about him being key to how their season goes and, and, you know, him falling off easy tackles on, um, well, I say easy, but tackling David for feet is not easy, <laughs> but no. you know, he like he just sticks an arm out and he, and he runs right through it. And it's things like that, which, which keep them losing, I think.
2: Yeah. I think it's a confidence thing i think um they got the players there that can make them competitive they just don't believe in themselves yet um it's kind of a cliche kind of answer but i think it just comes down to that um if you're not confident you're not going to perform well um so kevin walter's got to do something to fix that um changing the behavior so they are a more confident team they show in patches that they can they can play well it's just about making those patches a lot longer yeah. Um, first game on Super Sad Day had the Panthers defeating the Bulldogs 20-0 to nil. Uh, it's another record for the Panthers as they become the first team in the NRL to keep their opposition scoreless in the opening two rounds of an NRL competition uh, another asterisk game because it was only against the Bulldogs um, I think as a Bulldogs fan I'd be quite happy that they kept the Panthers to 20, unhappy that we didn't score any points but um, to keep the Panthers at twenty points when you've got other teams putting cricket scores on teams, um, I think is a bit, um, is a lot better, and a step in the right direction for the Bulldogs. Um, I think for Panthers though, Cacao um, and Momoriski were attacking on both edges and doing it almost at will. Um, and yeah, the biggest talking point was the the high shot. Um, that saw Nathan Cleary leave the field. And um, the Panthers definitely lost some sting when he went off, but I think the the damage was already done at that point.
3: It was, and I I think this game played out pretty much how we would expect. I I didn't see a a zero coming for the Dogs, but, yeah, they look to be carrying on their form from last year, so it makes for an interesting matchup this weekend, Bulldogs versus Broncos, because... Um, yeah, they're not looking too flash, but yep, yeah, pretty much I expected something in the in the vicinity of 12-plus to the Panthers, and so it proved. Definitely.
2: Um, next game on Saturday was the Rabbitohs defeating the Seagulls, 26-12. to 12. Um, We talked about it a little bit last week, but about Adam Reynolds potentially leaving the club because they don't want to offer him a long-term deal. In the first half, I think he showed why he should get a longer deal. Um he kicked a 40-20, scored a try, was accurate with all his kicking. He did collide with a seals player that saw him leave the field and fail in an HIA, which might also strengthen the Rabbitohs' reason to only offer him a deal um, for one year. But luckily for the Rabbitohs, they lost a halfback and they were able to bring some guy called Benji Marshall on, um, who apparently is okay in the halves. And um, he kind of turned back the clock again. He um, led the Rabbitohs like he's been doing it for years and um, kind of made sure they stayed home because the Eagles they improved this week. They came real close to um, scoring an upset here.
3: Yeah. Um, it's handy having Benji to come off the bench, hey, for a situation like that. Um, Definitely. The other thing out of the game was Latrell, Mitchell being sinbinned. he had a bit of uh, contact in, on DCE during his kick chase look to not be too much and and also, you know, there's been a bit of criticism thrown Delhi's way for, for milking during the game. What do you think of the sin sin-bending Brad? Fair or no?
2: I I don't think it was fair. Um I'm a forward, so I think every back's um kind of milking whenever they get hit. So yeah, I think it was a bit unfair. Um but Cherry Evans, he he knows he knows when the refs are watching and he, he'll definitely put on a performance. Um there was even, I think they showed footage later on, where there was a wry smile from him um, afterwards, uh, which is usually a telltale sign. Um, so luckily for the Rabbitohs, that simbinding didn't cost them the game. Um, I think if the Seagulls had managed to get a win here, it might have been a bit more talked about afterwards.
3: Yeah, for sure. But, you know, the Rabbitohs, uh bounced back nicely and, and got the win there.
2: Wasn't good for our tip. Yeah, see no um and Jordan Clark's commented saying Manly Rabbitohs were the game of the round for him wasn't my game of the round but it definitely was um up there it was a very good game to watch um going on to the last game on Saturday we had the Dragons defeating the Cowboys 25 to 18 um again full disclosure I would have picked the Dragons to win this if I knew Tonga Lolo was out um as soon as we heard that news I was like oh okay um, the Dragons have a chance here, and I think, um, a positive for the Dragons was Ben Hunt standing up and the return of Corey Norman. I think they worked really well together and kind of just managed to, um, add some attacking sting to this Dragons team, which has been lacking, um, for some time, um, even back when they were together last year.
3: Yeah, it looked like the Ben Hunt, um, from 2015 for the Broncos, leading them up to the grand final. Um, Taking on the line, he looked good. He looked dangerous and got a nice try. Um, But, yeah, I think I took the Cowboys there and I thought they might might have enough in them at home. But, yeah, credit to the Dragons. Maybe they're not going to be as bad as we thought. They showed some signs.
2: Yeah, they did. Um, I think for the Cowboys, the only thing I could really pluck out of it positively was um valentine holmes and scott drinkwalker um water sorry he um i think they both played well but they need more than two players to step up and i think um todd payton has got his hands full and it does make me wonder if he's preferring the warriors job right now maybe he might have a bit of regret letting that one go because i think it would be a lot more enjoyable to be coaching the warriors right now
3: yeah agreed and he needs people like Michael Morgan to stand up for sure. I mean, he's on a big salary, isn't he? On something like a million bucks a season, or something pretty close. He's he's the guy you want you want to be taking the ball by the horns, especially um, with Tamalolo out here.
2: Yeah, he's he's one of their top paid players, and he's one of their more experienced ones. So he really needs to be stepping up and um, doing something for them. Otherwise, they might have to start planning ahead. Um. First game on Sunday, I don't know if we really have to talk about it that much, but the Roosters defeated the Tigers 40-6. to 6. Um, New opponents, same result with um, Roosters scoring 40-plus um, for the second week in a row. Um, Brent Morris, um, ever trying to tell everyone that he can keep playing, scored another hat trick, um, ran for 220 metres. He had three line breaks, a line break assist, and he also did a try assist um, I think I was looking into it to do some research and it looks like he's the first player in the NRL to go back to back with hat tricks in the opening two rounds. Uh, do you think he could do it again?
3: Oh, unlikely. They've got a tougher game this week, but it's amazing. He almost doesn't age and we've talked about him a bit over the past couple of weeks, but yeah, I think he's even leading the in leaderboard right now.
2: He is, yeah. Um yeah, unbelievable at his age to still be doing it. And um looking at those stats I just said, it's not like he's just sitting out on the wing and waiting for a pass. Um he's actually going in and doing work, setting up tries, running. Um so yeah, at his age, it's great to see him still putting that um that effort in and all the talk about Joseph Swale um being like ready to go and getting his exemption. I don't see him making this roosters theme right now no need right now but you know he's there to learn off Teddy
3: and I've I've seen some stuff online of Teddy already enjoying working with him so you know I bet they're hoping that'll be a fruit in the future
2: yeah um so yeah not really much to say um about this it was another training match as you said they've got their first real challenge this week when they face the Rabbitohs Tigers for them they didn't really offer any challenge and I don't really see them doing anything this year
3: their, their, um, their left-edge defence was all out at sea for nearly the whole game. And I think, I think uh as we'll see in our preview, BJ Lelew is going to be made the scapegoat for that in this weekend's coming game. Yeah, I think
2: so. And then we go to the last game of the round in um, Jordan. This was my match of the round. wasn't a pretty game, uh, but the Raiders defeated the Sharks 12-10. It was mine... Um, my game of the round just because how close it was it really looked like the sharks were going to get um the upset of the round um with this one here the raiders at halftime were ahead 12-0 and it looked like they were going to cruise off and um get a comprehensive win but the sharks bounced back in the um the second half fortunately chad townsing left his, his kicking boots at home and missed um both conversions and a penalty goal if he got those, it would have been a win here. Um, he's come out pretty hard on himself um, after the game. Uh, the rest of the team have said it wasn't on him. Um, they had other chances to win this game. It wasn't just down to his boot. But I think the Raiders might have been worried about how they finished this game to let the Sharks come back. Um, I think Ricky Stewart's going to be working to make sure that they, they keep their heads in the game for 80 minutes because... Um, they got the Warriors this week. I think the Warriors have shown that they'll they'll stay in a game for 80 minutes, so they're going to need to bring their A game, um, especially with the massive four-pack the Warriors have. Yeah, if this version of
3: the Raiders turn up against the Warriors, I'd fancy the Warriors, but I also see it could be, um, uh, you know, Ricky could be having a good go at them this week, and we may also have a bounce back from the Raiders, so that's something to be wary of. But, yeah, it was... Close game, I. You feel for Chad. Oh, to be a
2: goal kicker, eh? Yeah, it's it's not a job I'd want. Um, I I can't kick the ball, so I'd be fine. But yeah, tough night for him. Um, so that was round two. Uh, Paul, if you can bring up the ladder, and I'll, I'll go grab our picks. And um, we've got the ladder there. So we we picked the exact same gabe, So we got five out of eight. Um with the, us getting the, the Storm game wrong, the Warriors game wrong, and the Cowboys game wrong. Um, so that leaves us, I'm on 11 out of 16, and Richard, you're still in the lead, 12 out of 16. And, um, yeah, so, so well done there. It, it won't last long. I'll come back. Um, it's close. It's close. <laughs> We've got, um, so Roosters, after their two comprehensive wins, they're sitting top of the table. Got the Panthers, um right behind them i think the the fact that they've had no points against them is definitely helping them right now raiders despite that shaky game are in third and the knights surprising everyone being fourth right now uh then we've got the eels at fifth the sharks at sixth warriors managed to stay in the top eight um at seventh and then the Rabbitohs finishing out at eight still got some good teams in the bottom eight right now namely the storm um pretty sure it it won't take long for them to sneak their way into the eight. You've also got the Titans and Dragons um, sitting at 10th and 11th with a chance to potentially get up there too. Then you kind of get down to um, the woe is me teams, which is um, the Broncos at 12th, Cowboys 13th, Bulldogs 14th, Tigers 15th, and then Seagulls sitting 16th. Doesn't really help them, I think, that match um, against the Roosters. It's no coincidence The bottom two teams are the teams that have had to play the Roosters. So, yeah, not good for them. But, yeah, I think at the moment there's still a lot of room to move um, for basically 11 and up. I'm just happy to see the Warriors in the 8, but, yeah, a lot of movements to happen. (laughs) We'll take a snapshot of that, and hopefully it lasts (laughs) a bit longer. So uh, before we get into our previews, um, are there any questions um, from the crowd?
0: Yeah. So um, Vicky wants to know. Um, well, first off, Vicky, thank you for saying it. it's a great show. Um, she'd like to know um, after two rounds completed, would you change any of your preseason predictions?
2: Yeah, I am. I'm being a bit shaky on my dragons being the wooden spoon at the moment. I think um, it's a two-horse race between, or well, three-horse race, I think between the the Broncos, Manly, and the Tigers right now. I think the Cowboys will get a couple of wins under their belt, and we'll get out of that. But I think at the moment, those three teams are the teams I'm worried for, and the Dragons, I think, are going to surprise me.
3: I think it's mostly plain to script for me so far. Um, <laughs> all the teams I sort of pick for my bottom four are in the bottom four. Um, yeah. Just hopefully the Warriors can climb a little bit. The uh, Yeah, Definitely. that's
0: uh, That's um, actually – and one other thing was um, uh, Gavin mentioned uh, something around about um, uh, uh, did um, E. Lee, a former Newcastle current Storm player, also get a drug ban um, a while back?
2: Yeah. Uh, There is one. There is one out there that had a ban that's come back. Um, So, yeah, he can. He can – Come back as Richard said earlier, he is quite young, so in four years' time, um, he might still have a shot. Um, yeah, we had a um, Shandor Earl as well. From he ended up
3: coming back from a lengthy drug ban, he used to play for the Raiders and then came back for the storm. So I think, yeah, he's, he's now, got time on his
2: side, yeah, definitely.
0: And uh, yeah, I think okay. Jordan Clark's perhaps getting mixed up in the TMO and um, the bunker um but uh, suggesting yeah. uh, should the team may be banned for getting more than getting more than one wrong
2: or we'll fine. <laughs> it, it it would be nice it'll never happen they're they're the most protected species in the inner the bunker um but yeah i think there has to be something some not an incentive but something there to kind of Punish people for making the mistakes where they they do come out every week and say you know they're only human too, which is true. But they have all this technology to help them make decisions. If they do, if you find one getting it wrong consistently, there has to be something done. A little bit of accountability, eh? I mean, you'd expect
3: I, I would I would uh, expect mistakes from an on-field referee more than a more than a TMO. You think with the technology they'd get it, bit they'd get it right more often than not. Yeah, we still see some howlers like on the weekend.
0: So, boys, yeah. the, the challenge for the week for, for the for the season is to get the head of referees on uh, for an interview. To figure out how to get that job, because um, it's uh, it's dead easy, right? There you are, nice nice comfy it's chair, watch, watching the games, just making a you know, making basically flipping a coin to decide
2: what the decision is,
0: and you keep you just your gotta job push, exactly. You, you got to push, push the right button. button. That's it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um so before we go on I've got a question for you Richie um with the rumors of Rhys Walsh looking for that early release one do you think the Warriors should grab him now and two what player would you be offering to the Broncos to get him
3: I'd love to have him now because I can only see benefits of him coming here and working under RTS before he before he does his dash what player would I be offering I'm not sure what they want, whether they want like for like. I know we've got some. Do we see him as someone who might have more value than someone like a Hayes Perham or something who's, I like Hayes, but, you know, someone of that calibre who's a fringe player?
2: Oh, yeah. it's a tough one. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what players. You've got the Haynes Perhams, you've got guys like Joshua Curran, um, and that, but I don't know if they'd be looking for a second role when they've got Jordan Rickey and TPJ um, yeah. out there. So I think they definitely would be looking for a back. And Haynes Perum is really the only one I see there as one that you could potentially let go with this kid coming in. Um, I, I know that Perum was playing fullback last week for um, the Dolphins, but he's actually switched to centre this week. So he may have mm. had a tap on the shoulder by the Warriors saying we've kind of got fullback sorted now, try centre. Um, Peter Hicku's off contract at the end of this year, so there's potentially, if they don't keep Hickou around, there's potentially a spot there for him to target. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what players we have that the Broncos will go, yep, this is enough to, to let this kid go early. I mean, if it's just a fringe player, it'd be kind of...
3: You know, I think I'd, I'd take it on the chin to get this young fella across. I mean, it's a business nowadays. Eh? I mean, you, you this this kid could learn a lot from RTS and and yeah, getting and in, getting involved in the culture a bit earlier. Yeah, getting getting to know the boys can only be good.
2: Definitely. You got any questions for me before we move on, or?
3: Yeah. So, from from um, from a Warriors fan. Point of view mate what was your thoughts on the Wade Egan no try from the bunker and also Tanoa Brown's charge with the do- judiciary because that one I was I was in my view was thinking penalty only I don't want to sway your your opinion but what did you think of Wade Egan's no try and then Tanoa Brown's charge
2: um, I think I, I was not happy with the no try but it didn't last long because the Warriors basically scored a few tackles later so that if, if the Warriors hadn't scored there, I think it would have been a, a whole different story. I know there's a lot of people unhappy with the call, and some people have even said it cost the Warriors the game. In my opinion, I don't think it did. I think um, it was like for like. They, they basically just had to wait a couple more minutes to get their try. But I saw the replay. I've got a giant TV in my lounge, um, so we got to see it up and close. And I couldn't see what the bunker saw. Um, and that try, the commentators couldn't see it either. So um, it was a bit, a bit shocking for me. Tanoa Brown, I'm biased because um, props props don't do bad things when they tackle. Um, They're big boys. Things happen. Um, I yeah the the crusher tackle seems to be happening all the time now. Um, doesn't really be something that's done on purpose from a lot of players. So I, I think he was hard done by, but I'm I'm biased as a Warriors fan and as a prop. So, yeah, I I, yeah. I wouldn't have even done a penalty. Yeah, well,
3: I'll, I'll tell you what I saw on Wade Egan's try. I saw the ball half buried through the try line, uh, and to yeah, To Noah Brown's one, it just looked accidental, and I think it's bringing into play a lot of guys laying down for penalties, and that's almost look that you know that's almost what it looked like.
2: Yeah, I think the only way they can combat that is if they make a rule where if you're in a crusher tackle, it's an HIA or it's straight away. Um, so yeah. that player has to go off. Um, that's really the only way I can see them filtering out those guys that are playing a bit of Hollywood and making it look worse than it was. Um, if you know that you're going to go off and potentially disrupt your team, you might not fake a Hollywood there and then the actual Crusher tackles will be punished as they should be. Um, yeah. My thought. Got but, yeah. yeah, got to agree. Got to see what happens. So we may as well get into our round three preview and our picks. Uh, hopefully we're a bit better this week, but um, we see Simon's got his picks now. He's got the Storm by four, Dragons by four, Roosters by eight, Raiders by eight, Broncos by four, Eels by eight, and Knights by ten, and then the Titans by 10. Um, so he's a lot more into his research than us. So I'm not going to give um, scores out because I'm <laughs> always way off on my scores. But um, first up on Thursday, we've got the Panthers versus Storm, uh, the grand final rematch with a couple of players not there anymore. I um, made my pick before I heard about Pappenhausen, but I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going with the Storm here.
3: Yeah, I'm going with... Panthers, I've gone backwards and forwards on this one because I heard Nathan Cleary was ruled out and then I found out about Pappenhausen. So I guess for me, those two cancel each other out. They both bring a lot to the table and I'm just going home ground advantage and I'm going to give it to the Panthers for a bit of revenge for the grand final.
2: Yeah, fair enough there. It's it's a a flip of your coin kind of game. Um, I think Matt Burton, he's been one of the most talked about players because... The bulldogs want him this probably shows why the Panthers didn't let him go because if they had they'd they'd have no one right now to come in and replace clary so um i think he'll want to prove himself um which might help you but i'm hoping that the storm don't want to lose two in a row um so i have my fingers crossed because i really need to get this one um first game on friday we've got the dragons versus sea eagles um It's another close game. I I think the Dragons are going to win it here. They've impressed me more, and I think the Sea Eagles still don't know how to win a game yet.
3: Yeah, this is a toss of the coin game for me. I think both sides showed a bit of improvement last weekend. Dragons getting the win. Manly, Sea Eagles not quite, but they showed improvement. I'll give it to the Dragons, though. I think they showed showed, uh, some good signs in the win over the weekend.
2: Yeah, and then the, the last game on Friday is the Rabbitohs versus Roosters. I'm going with the Roosters. I think, um, uh, admittedly, we haven't seen them against great competition yet, but I think their attacks firing and I think the Rabbitohs uh, still still got a bit of problems with the ball handling. So um, Roosters etched it out.
3: Roosters for me too. Um, they just spin super red hot, albeit against opposition not offering too much back, but oh, I'm going Roosters only just.
2: Yeah, and then uh, the first game on Saturdays, the Raiders versus the Warriors. Uh, I've picked the Raiders here. Um, I'm hoping the Warriors show us a good performance, but I think the Raiders are, are a better team right now when Chanel and you and Aitken are in the Warriors squad.
3: Yeah, I, I've taken Raiders here too, Just and they had a bit of an iffy performance, and now I think they'll offer a response this weekend. And I, th- I think the Warriors losing CHT and having to bring in some new combos into the spine might be a deciding factor. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my pick.
2: Yeah. Then uh, the second game on Saturday is the Broncos versus the Bulldogs. Um, I'm going with the Broncos. I, I know they've lost 13 in a row, but they've got to hit a win at some point, even by accident. So um, I think their best chance is against the Bulldogs right now. So I'm, I'm giving them the edge here.
3: I'm giving Brisbane their first W here as well. I think they, they won their last outing between these two sides last year, which, yeah. if, if memory serves me right, was also the Broncos' last win. Um, didn't help them avoid the spoon, but I think I think they'll have enough to get over the Bulldogs in this bottom-of-the-table battle.
2: Yeah. And then the the last game on Saturday, we've got the Eels versus Sharks at Bankwest. West. I've got the Eels. I think the Eels are a better team, and it's hard to beat the Eels at Bankwest. So um, I think if you're playing at Bankwest against the Eels, you're automatically in trouble.
3: Yep. Eels get up for me. They look like the better team on paper and in better form also. So that one was pretty straightforward in my eyes.
2: Yep. And the first game on Sunday is the Knights versus Tigers. I've got the Knights. I think uh, the Tigers haven't shown anything, and the Knights have been really impressive.
3: You said it. Um, Mm. I think Newcastle will get this one done without even needing to get out of second, third gear. I think the Tigers were really poor last week and the Knights um, have been looking consistent over the first two rounds. So I think they'll get up.
2: Yeah. And then the last game we end with the Cowboys versus the Titans. I think it's going to be a a repeat of last week. No Tomololo, um, no, no luck for the Cowboys. So I think the Titans... Um, might put them to the sword in this one.
3: Yeah, the Titans are shaping to be the premier team coming from Queensland, and yeah. the Cowboys look probably, well, it's tough to pick the worst team out of Queensland between them and the Broncos, but they've had a tough start, and despite being at home, their home record of re- late isn't very flash, so Titans, mm-hmm. I think, Titans get that one.
2: Cool, so that's our picks. we only got one different this week uh, with the Storm Panthers game, so hopefully tomorrow night um, I'll at least be on level with you come next week. Um, but, yeah, so I've got the Storm, you've got the Panthers, and then we've both picked the Dragons, the Roosters, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Eels, the Knights, and the Titans. Uh, judging by my performance last week, I'm not overly confident that I'm going to get them all right, but I'm hoping that um, I'm going to have some momentum coming back. Yeah, look forward to it. Cool, and then um, before we go, I've just got some Super League news. So um, there was one trial left last week, which was the Warrington Wolves defeating the Lee Centurions 34-12 to in the final clash. And Thomas Uluwai has been named captain for Wigan for this season, so another former Warrior um, getting a captain's nod, so that's great to see for him. And the first round actually starts um, this Friday. So um, I've got the, the draw for the first round. We've got St. Helens versus the Red Devils in Salford. Lee Centurions are playing Wigan. Wakefield Trinity versus Leeds Rhinos. Cavill and Dragons versus Hull KR. Hull FC versus Huddersfield Giants. And the Castleford Tigers rounding it out against the Warrington Wolves. So um, we'll be able to have some results next week in this section. But it um, looks like some good clashes there. Um, I'm interested. I'm going to try to get um, up... Early in the morning to watch the Wigan Warriors play, and I, I want to try to check out the Warrington Wolves game too because I'm pretty sure Greg Inglis is playing in that one. I was so just going to ask to see he had- how he goes. Yeah, I, I I tried to find the team list, but I couldn't see it. But I'm pretty sure he's not got any injuries, so he should be playing.
3: Sure, I heard Tim Sheens is lining him up to play in the. Um, I think they have the Super League um, English players versus the overseas players. Yeah. That'd be pretty
2: cool. Cool. um, Simon's put a comment out saying that all the Super League matches are on this weekend on Sky Sport 4. Um, Yeah. Hopefully team not named St. Helens, lead to Wigan and not win the competition. I have to disagree because I'm a Wigan fan. I want to see Wigan win, but if it's not Wigan, I'm happy with it being anyone else that hasn't won in a while. It'd be good to see some, some new people there. It is always kind of predictable. That you're going to have like st helen's wigan or leeds win the whole thing but yeah um it's great to see sky actually putting them on um sky sport 4 which is basically their league channel now so um yeah i'll try to i'll try to watch as many of them as i can yeah me
3: too
2: cool well ladies and gentlemen that's our show for tonight thank you for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with brad and richie your weekly update on rugby league tune into our show next week at 8pm here on facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio thanks for coming on again Rich and um, good night everyone Yep, thanks all